everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I'm here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind. And I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Welcome everyone. Happy Wednesday. I hope uh, that you've all had an excellent week and that you're feeling great. And uh, before I get started today, I just want to thank everyone once again for listening. I love everyone's feedback. And again, I just love this community so much. If, If this is your first time listening, then welcome to the show. I'm honored that you've chosen to listen to my podcast, and I hope you like it. (laughs) But for all of you who have been listening from the start or have gone through a few episodes, I just want to say that I appreciate you and I'm grateful to you all for sharing this space with me and choosing to listen to me ramble about all of my favorite life lessons. It's very cool. I love it. And on that note, let's get started. So, um, as most of you know, I was in Costa Rica last week. I got back on Monday evening. Um, well, actually, it was it was more like Tuesday morning because my flight was delayed and I missed my connection in Montreal and then had to stay in a hotel and blah, blah, blah. It was like another mini adventure in itself. But man, oh man, that trip was so awesome. So for any of you who follow me on Instagram and watch my Instagram stories, you probably now have added Costa Rica to your bucket list (laughs) and maybe even a yoga retreat in Costa Rica onto your bucket list. I am certainly going again next year. And when it's time to book, uh, I'll let you guys know if you want, if you want to come and join me next year on this Pura Vida yoga retreat in Costa Rica, it will probably be in January, then join me. It will be great. Because it was quite possibly the most epic trip I have ever been on. Costa Rica is a beautiful country with amazing vibration and the people are are so chill and the views are stunning. And the food is excellent. I just got home and I'm already planning my next trip. <laughs> but like I said in my last podcast, I was on this trip with my closest friends, Amber and Jen, for a yoga retreat that they were hosting. So it was hosted by Pure Yoga Ottawa, which in my opinion is a yoga studio that rivals to be the best in the entire world. That That's from my experience, it is awesome. So we did a lot of yoga, like twice a day. I, I A lot of surfing, which I only started to go out into the water about halfway through the trip, just because of some of my fears. And, and we drank a lot of wine. Um, if Costa Rica had mountains to ski, I would 1 million percent move there in a second. But maybe my next goal is just to spend, you know, several months there a week, just like my besties and with my besties. That would just be, you know, life made. <laughs> Anyways, Another cool part of the trip was just hanging with my friends and sitting around chatting about life and getting into some interesting topics. I love 
having deep discussions about feelings and emotions. And I love to learn and pick people's brains when it comes to human nature. Or you could also say like your instincts when it comes to human instincts versus learned behaviors. What I've what we've learned in this world or what society has taught you and how that relates to your emotional behavior. So it was very cool to be with like-minded friends doing this like every day. It was so much fun. Now, one of the topics that my friend Amber and I got into was fear. And if you read my last Instagram post yesterday, you can see that I touched on this briefly like what the conversation was, and I'll elaborate on our conversation a bit later, but I love the topic so much that I want to talk about it today. So fear is the subject for today. (laughs) Um, I come from the belief that all emotions stem from either love or fear. Now, that's not something that I've made up or anything. I've read it in many books, and I've essentially learned it from many teachers, but why I believe it is because it resonates with me so much. I can relate to it and understand it. Um, I do not expect everyone in the world to share this belief with me, but from all the things I've learned, it makes the most sense and therefore helps me to understand my own personal feelings and emotions. For example, when I'm feeling happy, um, joyous, content, excited, uh, or even, even like aroused, those all stem from a place of love within me. They are beautiful emotions to feel and they make me feel good. Those loving emotions help me to connect to the source in a positive way and let me express or project love out into the universe. It's easy to see that these are good emotions, right? And life is good when we feel this way. That is what love feels like. feels like that within the body, within the emotional space, and within the mind. On the other hand, fear-based emotions, so jealousy, guilt, dis-ease or discomfort, shame, that's a big one, unhappiness, envy, even, you know, hate. Those emotions are the ones that don't feel good in my body. And I can't imagine that they feel good in anyone's body for that matter, but those are the so-called negative emotions. They are fear-based. They are stemmed from a belief within us that is a fear. So in other words, I believe they all stem from fear. These feelings are not bad. They are what they are, but I believe that they are fear-based and with some awareness of thought and behavior, these fear-based emotions are the ones that have taught me, or should I say, (laughs) that are teaching me the most about myself constantly. In other words, when I'm jealous or envious of something or someone, that, that doesn't feel good. However, when I'm feeling that way, the question pops up, what am I afraid of? Or why am I feeling this way? My my inner self will oftentimes like pipe up and ask that. Now, jealousy might not actually be the best example of, of an emotion that I feel often. Um, so let's change it. Um, I'm going to change it to relate a bit deeper with this. Okay, well, my number one emotion that I feel, 
that is negative, it's a fear-based emotion within me is, is insecurity with my body. And I recognize that that might not seem in, like that might seem crazy to some people, but it's true. And it's true to me anyways. And to elaborate, when I'm feeling emotional, it's like 90% of the time because I feel shitty in my body or I'm, you know, having negative self-talk about my body, which it, it does lead to thoughts like I'm so fat, I'm ugly, no one will ever love me because I'm unattractive. <laughs> um, I also sometimes get into this spiral where I take all of my own personal self-talk personally, <laughs> which which is a thing you can and most likely do take your own words personally, meaning you actually believe the voice in your head, which is your ego, and you actually are hurting yourself with your words. So when your words produce a negative feeling in your body, you are taking them personally. And that leads to bad decision making. <laughs> like, I will eat more or drink more all to mask the pain I feel because I'm afraid, which leads to more negative self-talk and bad feelings inside my body. And it's this cycle. It's the pattern, the routine. However, with all the work that I've done and with all the growing and spiritual work that I'm currently doing right now, I'm now able to interrupt this abuse cycle and ask myself, where where is the fear? Where is this coming from? What am I afraid of? And then even if the feelings don't go away, just breaking that cycle, I can take the power away from the thought that is driving it and maybe learn something. But maybe not. <laughs> maybe I won't learn anything. <laughs> but fear is one of my biggest teachers in life. And fear-based emotions can teach you, they teach me so much about my thoughts and beliefs. So if you are working on your own personal awareness right now, you might now be starting to become aware of what those thoughts and beliefs actually are. It's it's totally okay if you have no idea what you're doing <laughs> or, or what to do with those feelings. That's totally okay. It, it doesn't always have to make sense. And there is not always a super clear aha moment or a deep life-changing lesson and everything. It's, it's not like that. It's more like an understanding or like an agreement that this takes time. And with time, we can figure out what we are afraid of and then maybe shift or make change. And I say maybe. <laughs> I should also add that I believe it is in our nature to be afraid or fearful when it comes to survival instincts. So like, for example, when your circumstances include like a lack of food or water, shelter, battling the elements, like those types of things, it's like 100% in our nature to have fear. That is our instinct. That is, you know, totally natural. It is in our nature to protect ourselves and do whatever possible for survival reasons. Okay. Some people call this physical fear. Um, it's in our, in, it, it is an instinctual reaction to clear and present danger. Okay. So it's the fight or flight reaction. I'm sure you've heard of this. Uh, and it occurs when you, our safety is at risk. However, this is not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about the learned agreements and the learned fears that we develop 
and that live in the ego, also known as irrational fears. So Don Miguel Ruiz speaks about irrational fears in the most simple and profound way. And for those of you that have not heard this before, Don Miguel Ruiz is my favorite author and one of my favorite teachers in the world. So I'm just going to straight up read his, his words here. He says, irrational fear triggers the same physical reaction as physical fear, but there is no actual danger present. The main cause of irrational fear comes from making assumptions or projecting about some future event. Irrational fears abuse our bodies by putting us through unnecessary trauma. Coming to peace with fear means understanding the difference between the two types. One is rational and helpful. The other is irrational and unhelpful. One can save your life and the other can stop you from living your life. Isn't that excellent? Isn't that just excellent? Oh my gosh, Don Miguel, you are a genius. I love your words. They all resonate with me in such a profound way. So yes, I I really wanted to share that perspective with you. Irrational fears stop you from living your life. It is a fear that we create in our minds. It's not real. It's an imaginary thing that we've conditioned ourselves to believe. So what am I afraid of? What are my irrational fears? <laughs> Great question, Elisa. Well, I would say that I, I have several. And, and for the record, most of these, these things come from beliefs that I've acquired from society, from my parents, friends, myself, just like we mentioned above. Um, my biggest fear, and I've said this before, is, is that I'm unworthy. I have a fear of unworthiness. And that extends into things like I'm unworthy of love, of abundance, uh, or to be desired by someone. But as most of you know, that is all bullshit. I am totally worthy of these things. I am awesome. I have an amazing, I am an amazing person who deserves everything my giant heart desires. So then why am I afraid? Well, it's just a belief. So somewhere along the way, I made an agreement with myself that I was unworthy and that no one would ever love me. And then over the years, I likely told myself this a million times, like 10 million times in a million different ways until it just became who I am. And I have created an attachment to this feeling. I identify with it as who I am. And then I've identified with it for so long that now Feelings of unworthiness are actually comforting in some way. It's what I know. So in other words, I don't know what worthiness feels like. For example, I used to find it challenging to accept compliments, to accept real, true, unconditional love from somebody. That was uncomfortable. Like, I'd rather just be in my unworthiness. I'd rather just be with my unworthiness and like attract people into my life that would also treat me in that way. Do you get it? Like it's, it was something that, you know, I believed was who I was. 
Now, for the record, this has all been brought to the surface and I'm working my way out of it. I can definitely accept compliments now. So, you know, keep them coming. <laughs> but that's, that was what, I, that is what I'm most afraid of. The fear of unworthiness. Other fears, fears that come up are, you know, this is a big one for, I think, a lot of people out there is the, is the fear of change. So working my way out of the fear of unworthiness started to be tricky. And that's because I had been attached to it for so long. It was a comfortable feeling. And now that feeling was changing. So we forget that we find comfort in pain and struggle, especially when it has been, when it, it has become our normal, I should say. I, I don't believe my fear of change is a dominating fear over me, like like the unworthiness, because I have been able to take a few leaps of faith recently and make some big life changes, even though it was scary. But like change doesn't give me that uncomfortable feeling and emotion that unworthiness does. And, you know, when I am feeling uncomfortable, it's a big indication that I've made an attachment to something that is irrational, that is not me. So what has also helped me over the years is, you know, that deeper understanding that only the only constant in life is change. Okay, that is the only thing that is constant in life. That we own, like the only thing that we can truly count on is change. So why be afraid of it? At least that's what I ask myself. Anyways, another big fear I have is another irrational one. It's the fear of success. I'm afraid to succeed. Isn't that funny? I think that this has to do with why I sabotaged myself leading up to the Olympic Games back in 2005, 2006, because I was afraid to succeed in my sport and be a leader. I I didn't like that pressure. I wasn't comfortable with it, but... What I was comfortable with was mediocrity. Isn't that interesting? I wanted to just be awesome in my dreams. But in reality, I was afraid to be a boss and dominate. So I would dream and dream and dream and do everything right when I was alone with my thoughts. But when it came to the actual doing part, I got scared and just did my usual medium comfort zone thing. I feel as though a lot of people out there can relate to that and can relate to living in the comfort zone. And yes, I was very good at skiing. I won a World Cup gold medal, which means I technically was the best in the entire world for that event. And I was also two-time national champion, which meant that, you know, ever so often I would be able to step out of my comfort zone and just do it. But why? I was constantly battling my fear of success. I I didn't want to change another fear. I didn't want to win or lose. I just wanted to find happiness with the status quo. Does anyone else out there, you know, feel me here? I wanted to have happiness with my status quo. I didn't want to change anything. I just wanted to be happy, but I wasn't happy in that place. I was afraid. I felt unworthy to win. I felt unworthy of winning. It's so interesting. Now, 
it doesn't actually matter where I've learned all of this within me. All that matters is that I'm aware of it and I'm now able to shift out of it. This is also the case as it pertains to like my current situation. So thankfully, I have worked through a lot of these emotions. But like I said earlier, they creep in. You know, the self-work is never over. Life is a constant tale of fear versus love. And I flip-flop in and out of these emotions all the time. Like I have really bad dark moments all the time. And that's okay. They... These things, this fear won't actually go away until I'm ready to let them go. And then, you know, there's, there's tears of this. There's, there's tears. It will, it will present itself again and again. So here's a little interesting story. While in Costa Rica, which was last week, my best friend Amber and I had this epic discussion. And this is what I spoke about in my Instagram post yesterday. So like I said before, I love discussions on emotions and feelings. And this particular one was on the topic of fear. What do you know? So now, before I get into this, I want to just give you a little backstory about Amber. Because she is an incredible human being. Um, We met back in 1991. And we were basically instantly best friends. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We've been best friends for about 27 years. (laughs) This is a rarity for women my age, I think. And I know that I've been blessed with incredible women friends in my life. To be honest, there are seven of us who have been best friends for over 25 years. And Amber is one of them. And for the record, Amber and I are planning to record a podcast in the near future because you all have to meet her. (laughs) But in the meantime, here are the Coles notes. So we met in 1991. We went to grade school together and then high school. And I went off and skied for Team Canada while Amber took a very different path. So after high school, she started to work in the service industry and was bartending and yada, yada, yada. About 10 years later, she found and then fell in love with yoga. Now, I'll let her speak about how she has personally manifested her own life um, when she's a guest on the show. But for now, I just want to say that Amber fell in love with yoga and knew in her heart that she wanted to open her own studio. One day when she was living in Australia, she was living and working in Australia actually, she she drew a vision in the sand on the beach and started to manifest what she wanted her life to look like. And she envisioned Pure Yoga Ottawa. She partnered with Jen, her super best friend. Jen is one of the seven, um, you see them all the time on my Instagram stories. These two girls are definitely soulmates and about Six years ago or so, I don't know, they decided to take a leap of faith and open their first Pure Yoga Ottawa yoga studio. They had absolutely no idea what the hell they were doing the entire time. And uh, there there were some definite struggles, you know, some roadblocks, some heartache and some crazy success. But through it all, they just made it look easy because they didn't care what anyone thought. They just kept the vision of what they wanted. You know, a yoga studio for everyone. A yoga studio that welcomed every type of person, every shape, every size, every skill level. And with that, in my opinion, they built the strongest yoga community in the city and possibly, you know, ever. So now, Amber... And Jen, they own four yoga studios, 
two Pure Kitchen vegan restaurants, soon to be three, and they're now hosting yoga retreats um, all around the world. They do yoga teacher trainings. It is amazing what they've developed with, with this passion. So from the outside looking in, everyone believes that Amber and Jen are extremely successful. Um, and like I said, they make it look easy and people judge them all the time. So negative and positive. But from the inside, I like they don't really care about that. They just keep doing their thing. I can tell you firsthand that these two ladies work extremely hard. They never stop. They keep their vision alive by living and breathing their brand. They literally walk the walk and talk the talk of their dreams. Like that's what they do. They're constantly creating because they enjoy the process. Not because they want to be successful. They they don't really even care about that. They care about making community about making people feel good in their bodies and like spreading the good vibes of yoga to everyone in their lives and beyond. So like they love what they do and they enjoy the process so much that it doesn't matter what the end result is. In fact, any action is a successful one because they love what they're doing. Do you get it? So that, that is Amber's passion. She loves bringing out the best in others and inspiring them. And, um, you know, that's, that's a big connection that I have with her because I feel the same way. And I'm such a proud friend to watch her thrive. And she's also helped me tremendously in my life, has given me unbelievable opportunity, which I've taken. And yes, I was scared to take it. I was very afraid. Change is a very scary thing. So... All of this has happened and both of us have learned so much about ourselves and have awareness of what's ha- what like what happens to us when we're afraid. So we know and we can be present during those moments of fear. Anyways, our discussion on the way to the beach the other day was about fear of of going after your dreams. The fear of going after your dreams. The fear of living your dreams. So think about that. What are you dreaming about? So what are you right now dreaming about? Um, and, and what is stopping you from going after that? Maybe, maybe there's a giant list of fears. <laughs> maybe there's a giant list. Maybe, maybe there's only one. It doesn't actually matter. It's, it's all the same and it's resolved all in the same way. The other question we discussed was, what is the turning point for those who are afraid? but then decide to change. So why do some people go outside of their comfort zones and others don't? It is truly fascinating to me, to both of us actually. And and we had this great discussion. So for Amber, it was that she decided that it would be okay if she failed. Actually, it was more like she decided that there is no such thing as failure. It was, it's just doing. She didn't care about that. She just wanted to try and follow her heart. Like failure isn't a thing. And it really isn't. There is no such thing as failure. If you really think about it, it's just all experience, right? And for me, it was that I was super sick of the status quo. 
So I hit like a quote unquote rock bottom, if you will, and I, I needed to shift. So I honestly, I didn't even care what I did career wise. Honestly, I just needed to change what I was doing. And sometimes it takes the hard truths that you discover at a rock bottom in order to motivate or inspire change. That was me. So there were like two different motivations there, which was so cool. Like I loved talking about that. And like I fully understand and can relate to those people out there who force themselves to remain in their comfort zones, who are too afraid to let go of their own identity. Okay. Especially when those beliefs about themselves and what they quote unquote should be doing are so strong. Like I was there. I identified with being a coach, a skier, an athlete, a world traveler, a high performance trainer, but also to things like a failure. I identified with being a failure, unworthy of love, unattractive. That's, it's all the same. I identified with that. I attached myself to those words and I believed that that was who I am. That was who I was. And when in reality, I am so much more than that. I am far beyond those words. And once I realized that the words didn't matter, it was almost like I suddenly detached myself from them. And I was able to step away from the fear and embrace the change. Like, does that make sense? (laughs) And like, this took awareness. It took a lot of conscious awareness, years of it. It also took practicing self-love. The practice of loving yourself unconditionally takes away the need of approval from others. Like you stop needing the approval or acceptance from others because you already love and accept yourself. It's it's you you don't need anything more from anyone. You you essentially give yourself enough. So self-love will help you to stay strong with your decisions and and your it will help you stay strong through your vision through the tough times. Through the times of adversity, you know, like self-love is a constant battle for me. It ebbs and flows. <laughs> My beliefs run deep and they resurface all the time in many different ways. All trying to teach me a deeper lesson and and trying to create drama or more fear. You know, it can go either way. So so I'm I try not to be in denial about how much I love myself. You know, people are like, oh, I love my life. I love myself. And really, in reality, you're watching them live it. You're like, uh-huh, okay. So I, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to have this superficial self-love. I I practice it and I, I bring it into deeper levels within me. Awareness is the practice that I believe will help a person to take that leap and make change in their lives. So when, when a person's able to recognize that, uh, they're self-sabotaging or even dismissing achievements, then they'll start to recognize that there are some unknown fears within them. So it, it's essentially a version of awareness within you to be able to recognize when you're procrastinating on your life goals, when you're not able to celebrate and enjoy your accomplishments and show yourself some love for who you are and what you have done all the way up until this moment. 
there, there's a fear somewhere in there and it's up to you to identify it and shine some light into the dark pits, you know, into those, those negative spaces within you. And we all have it. But can you catch yourself in those moments of self-sabotage? That is the question. The ego will try to protect itself and dismiss this. Okay? It will tell you that you're all good and that you're not afraid of anything and that you know, you're doing your best and those these are the cards that you have to play or whatever the story is that you continue to tell yourself to stay in the status quo. But that is the knowledge that you've quote unquote learned. I'm doing air quotes here. What you've learned, it is not your truth. So irrational fear is not your truth. It's just an attachment to a belief. So so when you hear yourself defending the status quo, think about that in your mind. How often do you do that? Try to ask yourself, what am I afraid of? <laughs> what is stopping me from living my dream? You might find that you immediately project yourself into some made up future of disaster. So if you have a dream of something, well, I can't do it because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Like you're, project, you're projecting yourself into the future. But just remember that that future is not real. It's just this made up place that keeps you attached to your made up fears. Remember, your ego needs to identify with your belief in order to survive. It is the ego that is sabotaging you because it feels threatened it is reminding you of why you should stay in your comfort zone in the status quo. Does this make sense? Does this resonate with anyone out there? Say it out loud. Like, let me tell you, it certainly resonates with me. I am continuously checking in and basically telling my inner ego's loud voice to shut the hell up. <laughs> like, I've, I've said this before and I actually yell out no sometimes. It's, it's not crazy. It's actually helpful. <laughs> it helps me. All of these things will help you, you know, understand what your comfort zone is. And then you will be able to sort of let go of your fear. Like for me, I, I don't actually like the term face your fears. You know, I hear it all the time. Face your fears. Learn to face your fears. Because I don't believe that Facing them will help. Maybe it's just the way I identify with that term, but I, I just don't like the term facing. I don't think facing anything is the answer. I, like, I, I have irrational fears about heights, open water, and the dark. I talk about it all the time. I, like, and I've tried to face my fears. I've, I've been bungee jumping, for example, which I did because of peer pressure. So, yeah. <laughs> like that it, that's a thing when someone doesn't understand your fears and they peer pressure you so i got up on this platform and i was standing there shitting my pants and i i jumped and i don't know what came over me to just jump off the ledge but i did it and immediately i blacked out so i passed out and bungeed like a rag doll completely unconscious like does that sound like a positive experience with facing my fears uh, no, <laughs> I, like I've also been in open water many times, you know, for Ironman, learning to surf, jumping into lakes when I'm dying of heat in the middle of the summer. And you know what? 
the only time I'm able to get through it is with self-love and compassion. So surrounding myself with compassionate people who don't force me into anything, who are just there to support me and let me figure it out and then move at my own pace. Like that, that is at least what works for me. And in this case, I, I don't feel like I'm facing my fear. I more or less let go of it. I let go of the attachment and the story behind it. I let go of the future scenario I create in my mind and what's going to happen to me. And then I do my best to stay in the present and in the moment and enjoy that moment. Like it will never help me to scare me in the dark or try to build up like a tolerance to the things I'm afraid of. You know, no, that's not for me. Now, how I'm able to make change is with self-love, self, self-acceptance and compassion you know, the love-based emotions. I do believe that I am in a great place with my fear, you know, at the at, at present, at the moment. <laughs> I understand and I'm aware of the big items, like I just mentioned, but I'm also in touch with some of the deeper, more internal fears. Ever so often, I experience a new uncomfortable emotion. And during those times, I'm more often than not ask myself like where is this coming from what attachment does this threaten you know these these questions i've learned from extremely valuable teachers is this is this truly important in my life is this what i value so some days i get an answer and some days i have no freaking clue what the hell is going on and that's all okay I don't need to always have an answer, nor do you. All I'm saying is that I feel good about simply having the awareness to ask the questions. That's a shift. That's a positive thing. Anyhow, I hope that my ramblings from today have been insightful. (laughs) Fear, love, and awareness are my favorite topics And I suspect that I'll continue to speak about them again and again and again, because there are so many ways that these things can resonate with people and manifest into our lives. And I, I personally never get tired of learning from new perspectives. Like I said before, I love hearing about other people's thoughts and opinions on it. I'm, I'm interested in what people have learned and, and what they know about the subject. We all have our opinions and we're all most likely very attached to them. And that's why I find this so interesting. It's it's so interesting. So before I sign off, I would also like to add that if anyone out there wants to talk about what they're afraid of, I, I can certainly be someone who will listen to you with compassion. I, I'm, I'm not sure about the advice I would give, like everything I've just spoke about, I guess would be my advice, but I understand fully what it looks like and feels like to live with fear. I also understand what the turning point feels like within my body. And I'd love to know what it feels like within yours too. And remember that awareness will help you all feel that turning point. The rest is up to you. Okay, so that's all for today. (laughs) 
As always, I would love for you to engage with me on iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It will help others find me and will help to spread the good vibes out there into the world. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Until next time.